is Gunnar Esaias, and then you are listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esaias Foundation and GunnarEsaias.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, DCU, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esaias and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and are not necessarily those of the Boomer Esaias Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, we're back for another episode of Breathe In with my lovely co-host, as always, Leah and Tiff. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Great. How are you? I am well. Uh, I am well. Um, I actually just got back from a CF Family Day in Denver. Pretty cool. Yeah. How was that? Uh, it snowed. It, I, honestly, it snowed. yeah, it snowed. I got there on Friday. It was pretty nice. And then I yeah. woke up Saturday morning, and I was like, oh, my God, there's a snowstorm outside. It was crazy. Uh, I was like, I thought we'd be on this. I'm, like, I'm, yeah. ready, I'm ready for, for spring like and it's summer spring. and I am warm. too. Yeah, over uh, here in California, it's been 85 degrees and sunny. Just saying. Don't rub it's it West in. Coast, best coast. <laughs> I know. I feel like I was I was a lot closer to you than I than I yeah, am you were. now, and it was a snowstorm. <laughs> That's so funny. Have uh, you ever been there before, or was that the first time? To, to the hospital in Denver, or, Denver. or, or just, just Denver, Denver in general? Uh, yeah, I've been to Denver. I actually oh, okay. Many many years ago, I was actually a patient for one day. At, oh. uh, at the Children's Hospital in Denver. Um, oh, wow. But I've been to Denver uh, a few times. I've, I've also gone skiing in Colorado. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm not a very good skier, but no, I have, but I have gone not skiing. Be- <laughs> it's not skilled <laughs> with anything it. that I have to balance. So All you know is like the French fry and the pizza. That's all you got to know. <laughs> we saw that with your ice skating, Leah. Um, all right, so. <laughs> I know. So today's topic, uh, we're going to talk about the differences between childhood cystic fibrosis and adult cystic fibrosis and why uh, some of us think that adults are sort of being left behind as we charge through drug development and treatment for CF. Um, So, you know, of late we've seen a number of treatments being FDA approved or things are are changing rapidly for people with cystic fibrosis. Uh, But namely speaking, we see that impacting uh, children in a larger way than we see it impacting adults. And I think that's I think it's probably because CF is a progressive illness, right? As we as Definitely. generally speaking, as as we as people get older, their their lung function declines, uh, you know, more yes. significantly, and you know they they are sort of in end stage, and then go through transplant like you did, Tiffany. Um, exactly. You know, I I think that there is a very different uh, you know look at CF between adult and children. That, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Well, when you're a child, your lungs aren't as scarred up as when you're in adulthood. So these drugs aren't going right. to work as much as they would when you're in, in your childhood. Yeah, I mean, I always say that, like, these days, like, we don't have regenerative medicine, right? If, like, part of your lung yeah. is, like, all scarred up instead. It's not going to reverse. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to just change, you know? Yeah, It's right. gone. Um, yeah. And, you know, I look back to my childhood, and we didn't have these things. So it was like you just... Mm. Especially in the early 90s, it was just like, here's your albuterol, and here's your pulmazine, and good luck. Here's your vest. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really Even start play some sports. I didn't really start yeah. the vest until I was in high school. Oh, really? You didn't use it until you were in high I school? Yeah. I did it when I was seven, I think, <laughs> six or seven. 
Yeah, yeah, I was pretty little. Oh, so so you, oh, you had like the giant machine, didn't you? I had the giant oh, one, yeah. yes. And the it was very one. heavy and it was not on wheels. So it stayed where my computer was. So I would get up and play it games on spot. the computer. Yep. <laughs> A little pinball. Yeah, I, <laughs> the pinball. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I did kind of, I think we had one, but I, like, I yeah. hated it. I just, th- I thought it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. And then once they, and then once, uh, Respiratech came out with their model of the vest. Uh, you know the newer one, the, the the one that's sort of like like is pretty snug around the top part of your chest, and it kind of like moves with you when like it inflates. As right. You that was the mm-hmm. one that I really like liked, and I was like, okay, now I can, okay. you know, I'm I'm down with doing this every day. Um, yeah. But you know, I think back to those days, and I'm like, you know, my my health was really always very pretty good until uh, probably until my sophomore year of college is when it really took a, uh-huh. a major mm-hmm. decline. Right. Mine, I really feel like, and this might just be being a girl, I feel like when I kind of went through all those hormonal changes (laughs) and puberty, um, that is when it really flipped for me. I think that mine's the same way. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of other girls say the exact same thing. Um, I was actually talking to my boyfriend about this over the weekend that, you know, I really didn't cough or have lung problems until that point. You know, like, yeah, I would have infections here and there, and we would do IVs occasionally. I mean, like, when I say occasionally, it was, like, once every, like, three or four years. You know, it wasn't, like, a routine thing. Um, But then at that point, it was really just gaining weight was my issue, and then it just flipped, you know, Mm -hmm. out of the blue. And I was a once a year, and then sometimes I would go a couple years without IV antibiotics. But I think, of course having those treatments then helped a lot. But now I feel like kids are becoming, being able to do a lot more yeah. and not have those. Yeah. I mean, I think these, you know, the, the CFTR modulators that are coming out that are impacting a lot of people <coughs> are really doing a fantastic job of slowing down the progression. But you know, I think yes. when we look at slowing down the progression, you have to look at how far someone's already progressed. Exactly. Right? Like, so like say you're, yep. a child, you know, you're a six year old that's now, you know, able to take some of these medications you're, you know, odds are that six-year-old really hasn't progressed to the point where, you know, mm-hmm. someone who's 25 now, ta- yeah, now taking these medications has progressed to. Uh, exactly. And I think, and I think that's a major difference. Like I think there's a point in time that everyone with CF really realizes where there's like a before and after, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and that one, you know, that that point doesn't have to be a single like a singular moment. It can be a. You know, over, over the course of a few years, you know, some people mm. unfortunately <laughs> deal with, you know, they deal with the flu, and then on the other side of the flu, it's just different for them. But for me, mm. it was like I, I would say I identified with these kids these days, really until I, I got to college. Like I said, my sophomore year of college was when I really started doing IVs yearly. You know, before then, it, I, mm. I wasn't. Um, I would go, you know, every couple of years, and I would sometimes I'd get more sick than others. Some years I'd have to do IVs twice in the same year, but just based on general illness, but I was always able to overcome those things. Like I was, you know, I was doing IVs and my PFTs would just bounce right back up to baseline. Mm-hmm. Once I got to college, it was like they weren't starting to come back up again on a consistent basis. Yeah. I mean, Tiff and I have talked about this. Like, I feel like when I did IVs when I was younger, I would, I would be on IVs for maybe two or three days. My cough yeah. would 100% go away and I wouldn't get a cough again for like a year. Yeah, you know, I, I would never. What I mean, I like my cough. PFTs would bounce right back up, and I'd feel like yep. Superwoman. I mean, exactly. I felt amazing. Yeah. So IVs really had a perk to them. It was like, okay, if I go through this two week treatment, I'm going to feel amazing for yeah. X amount of time. And then, and then when you got older, it wasn't like that. 
exactly it was like okay i'm doing these more frequently so yep. it, it becomes once a year and then it's twice Every. a year and then it's three times a year and, and then, then at that point it's just kind <laughs> of anytime you have an exacerbation or you don't feel yep. totally right you're doing mm -hmm. ivs and you're not really getting a benefit other That's, than I don't have a fever. You know what I mean? Oh, so, That's yeah. definitely like the so. next, the next like transitional point as far as mm. disease progression goes. And when I'm, you know, as far as I'm concerned, is when the oral antibiotics no longer treat the pulmonary yeah. exacerbation. I, like I was just like, there comes a point in time when like you just can't take orals anymore. They just don't do anything. Yeah. I, I was always like that actually. Orals never did anything for me. I was always had to have IVs because. I would just get sicker if I went on orals. So that was just how my body was. Uh, that's interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah. Orals yeah. worked for me for a long time. Yeah, same. Yeah. They definitely oh, they, see, they did the job for me too. I couldn't do it. I, w I remember this one time when I was in the hospital, pediatrics, I, uh, they sent me home on the oral. I came right back. Literally the next day I woke up in sweats. I was like coughing so bad and I just had to go, I had to get rushed back and then they realized, okay, orals do not work on you at all. Yeah, I mean, I I would say that for the most part, I really don't take orals very much either anymore. I mean, I do take them chronically for, for maintenance. Mm -hmm. but, um, Me too. They're very, yeah, very, very rarely am I able to like, you know, do I get sick? Do I do a course of orals? And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm back to normal. It, it, it does still yeah. happen. I will occasionally get a little benefit in yeah, that yeah. regard. But for mm -hmm. you know 95% of time, it's not. Uh, and you know, I, it's and funny. I only have one that works for me and it's only in certain situations, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. let's say I have a cold, I call them and I'm like, Hey, let's just put me on this. So that way <laughs> this doesn't progress into something where I do need IVs, you know what I mean? Right. Or, you know, little situations yeah. like that yeah. never work, but Pre preventatives. Exactly. Yeah. I well, was funny. I actually did take orals this year and I felt better. <laughs> Well, it actually worked. Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're dealing with right. a different, you know, a different set exactly. of circumstances, you know, this time around, right? right. You know, like, I mean, the problem yeah. with bacteria in the lung is it's very different than bacteria anywhere else mm -hmm. in our body. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Uh, so yeah, that that's I think that's part of the issue. But it's, it's I mean, you know, now that you're post transplant, you're correct me if I'm wrong. You're seeing different sort of responses to all these different medications as as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm. I know that I had to increase my enzymes, like, That's the most, how much it was, and, um, yeah, I don't cough, <laughs> but I have the sinus issue, of course, okay, but, cough enough for everyone. you know, it's different, it's a lot different, you know, diabetes and all this other stuff, it's just, like, CF plus more stuff, <laughs> but not the lungs, if, we, if that makes sense. No, no it does. It does make no. sense. Uh, you know, I yeah. I do wonder though, like for people post transplant, do you like do you feel like you're missing out on this CF drug boom? You know, I get frustrated kind of because what if this happened before I got really sick? You know, um, mm -hmm. would I be able to have my old lungs and not have to? think about, oh, rejection, I might reject these, I, you know, because mm -hmm. the old lungs, you couldn't reject them, they were just getting worse, which right. these new lungs were a blessing for sure, because I was at that point, but ha maybe if these drugs would have came out earlier, maybe I would have been able to keep them longer, you know, it just gets mm -hmm. kind of a little frustrating, but I'm just so happy for everybody else that's be being able to use these, because I want you guys and everyone else to benefit 
and live a long time and not have to go through what I did, honestly, right. you know? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, you said it perfectly, Tiffany, you know, I, I, I sort of, I, I feel for the people that are post-transplant in one way because that they, it's such an incredible risk that you guys undertake it in doing that. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it takes mm -hmm. quite a bit of courage to even <laughs> sign up for such a thing like that. Right, and uh, undergo all of yeah, that. Yeah, it's amazing. And yeah. it's, like you said, Tiffany, it's, it, it seems, I obviously don't have experience, but it seems like it's one of those things that can all of a sudden just flip on you and in a matter of mm -hmm. a day. I mean, does, is that something, like, does that terrify you or do you, do you think about it or? Um, you know, I try not to think about it because I feel like being optimistic is like the best thing to do. Yeah, definitely. I know. Like, <laughs> always, we yeah. always talk about this Just on here. don't even send out those kind of vibes. Don't even bring that vibe. But you know, every time <laughs> I go to clinic, I get, you know, I do get that stress. Like you guys probably get stressed. Like I remember going to clinic and, you know, PFTs and, all this blood work and stuff, I still get that stress because I want to be striving. Like I want to be thriving and doing so well and, you know, just like making my donor happy and, you know, proud of me and all this stuff. And, you know, you get, you get scared. Like th this could happen anytime. Right. I could reject, I could have to go through another one. And, but I just try not to think about that because I'm living. I'm doing these things right now. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can very you know? much, I can promise you that you're making your donor very proud. That much I do know for oh, a fact. Um, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's, it's almost like my frustration in this regard is that, you know, people like us, us three, and people who are our age with CF, we, we for decades, right, decades mm -hmm. have been fundraising. We've been, yes. you know, enrolling in studies. We've been yeah. providing data points for understanding the disease we, we've we've done all this stuff to 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 allow these drugs to now be developed we've all played a very significant role in that you know yeah. by, by virtue of being on the cf patient register the cf patient registry or enrolling in that we have mm -hmm. allowed the researchers to use our data and suggest better treatment methods and this that and the other mm -hmm. thing yeah. you know my frustration is that <coughs> as i blogged about earlier in the week is that you know a lot of times People go around parading this stat that, you know, kids born today with cystic fibrosis will live to be however many years old. You know, mm -hmm. what, what does that mean for yeah. what does that mean for adults? Right? Like it, where yeah. you know, you know where, where do we go? Where do we stand? <laughs> I don't yeah. know what that even means for us. And to be honest, I don't even know what that stat means for them because yeah. when we were diagnosed, we weren't we were told we wouldn't live to the age we are now. Yeah. You know, we so were, said the teens, right? I just I so. have a really hard time even investing in a life expectancy because yeah. I don't believe in them, you know? Um, yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're bad stats because they, they also assume that everything about the disease stays consistent. And we know that's going to change. Exactly. So they, right, it does, right. And it it's does, different for each person. You know, the, the, the people that are writing these registry reports and stuff like that do admit that it's, it's all going to change year to year. But, right. you know, my, you know, like I, I just, we always talk about how we break out of the childhood disease, right? We, we, we've broken mm -hmm. out of the, like, it, see it for many, for many years was called the childhood disease, the childhood illness. Right. And now we're beyond mm -hmm. that, right. right? Yeah. Right. It's time to really show that. Yeah. I think so too. I agree. You know, I think, kind of going back to what you were saying before, Gunnar, I think where I really struggle, at least right now in life, um, I feel like I've kind of fallen off the face of the earth social media-wise for <laughs> a good month or so. And yeah. it's just been, you know, I've had... I've been struggling a little bit, not necessarily struggling, but 
life's been a little bit harder the past month, I would say. And that happens with CF. But, you know, I think a lot about the fact of I invested so many years of my life in research. I have been in so many research trials my entire life. And I think they were a blessing because in one sense, they kept me healthier than I think I would have been, you know. But in another sense, I'm at a point where I need better meds and I'm shy of qualifying for a research study that I really need by like 4% lung function. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just so hard to wrap your head around. You know, I've invested so much of my time and now there's a drug out there that really could help me and, you know, give me a better quality of life. But, yeah, you know, you can't be a part of that, you know? Yeah, and I think it's great that, you know, trials I've been a part of have helped other people, but mm-hmm. now there's, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it gets a little frustrating. It feels like you're treading water. Yeah. It feels like you're treading it's water out, yes. and the shore just keeps getting further away. You know, right. I, and I, now I just mm-hmm. have to wait and maintain, you know, and that's Until just, it comes available and then for you. you don't know if that'll even work because are my lungs where they are now because of damage or is it just because of mucus? Right. Or what's that combination? You know Uh what I mean? And I think that goes through a lot of people's heads, at least in the older adult population, because it's like, yeah, I could get access to one of these medications, but is this med really going to work for me? Or am I damaged to the point where it's really not going to do anything? Yeah. You know, and kids don't really have to think about that because in most situations, there really isn't much damage yet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, you make a lot of good points. I, you know, I there are like like we talked about before. There's there's two very different groups. There's the people that are living before, you know, the, the big change that we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, and then there's people that live are living like us after our big change in our health. But within the the latter group, the adult group, there's definitely subsects, and um, you know, you know. Well, yeah, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head where, you, you know, you're, you sort of belong to that one group where you're kind of like in limbo between, right. between being healthy and being end stage for, you know, that's right. And you're, and you're not, you're, you're not an end stage. You're, you're, you're working, you're healthy. No, you're cause I'm still, stage. you know, I'm still living well, life. That, I'm still exactly. working. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a great quality of life, but yeah. you're in this little narrow place where it's like, mm-hmm. you go back and forth between being mm-hmm. super sick and being yeah. okay. You know what I mean? Like kind of yeah. moderate. Yeah. CF, um, and that just gets frustrating, you know, because yeah, you're just trying sure. to maintain until something better comes out. And I mean, Tiffany, mm-hmm. you were there too. Like, did, is it was yeah. Tiffany? Did you reach a point when you were like, okay, I know that I am not going to get better until mm-hmm. I, unless I get these lungs? Or did you always h- kind of hold out hope that that you w- that maybe something would happen one day where you would get better? Or uh, I mean, what like what what goes through your mind in those in that <laughs> waiting period? Yeah. There? Well. I don't think I knew I needed lungs until they told me. I never thought about it. It never crossed my mind, honestly. I just (laughs) kind of had that hope that my lungs would get better. There's new drugs coming out. You know, someday I'm going to be better, you know. Mm -hmm. And then when you get that news, it just like everything spirals. And you're just like, oh, maybe there's no hope. I really do need lungs. Mm -hmm. It's just, it gets kind of frustrating. It's like, what? can I do to help myself? What can I do? Mm-hmm. I know that the scarring that I have is irreversible, but right. what can I do to get better? And it is, it's really frustrating, especially 
I was on the list and my lung function like was always it would go down and then all of a sudden it would be sometimes in the 30s and it was Mm -hmm. so happy I was like oh I should be running right now you know you have that feeling of like oh and then all of a sudden it would just go back down so it was frustrating in the sense that I couldn't do anything I I couldn't do anything more for myself (coughs) unless there was a drug Mm. (laughs) you know right and that's and those are things that you really for the most part aren't thinking about as a kid no, you know, I, no. I mean, when I was a child, I, I don't ever really remember feeling like I was going to be consumed by the illness. I mean, th- no. believe me, and there are days now where I feel like I am totally consumed by it, uh-huh. right? There, yeah. there's, yeah. there's there's no denying the fact that, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you can't get to the bathroom without someone helping you, mm-hmm. like, that's, yeah. that's that, mm-hmm. that, that is a bad day. And that is a day that's when... That's the worst. And that is, yes, exactly. And that is a day that happens to a lot of people with CF. Yeah. Right. That was my, <clears throat> that was my days. <laughs> I mean, it sucked. when I think about how, like my life as a child and kind of what I thought my life would be as an adult, mm-hmm. I really thought that at this point we would have had a little bit better meds than what we have. I mean, I, the advancement in research has been amazing. I am so grateful for everything that has come out. But I think in my head, I thought, especially being a part of so many research trials, that we would have something just a little bit better, at least that would work for me that my life would be a little bit more normal than it is. You know what I mean? I still live a totally normal life, I feel like, but just everything I have to do and the bad days that we do have where you do need that extra help and CF does consume that day. I mean, I just didn't foresee having those types of days. And I think it was a little bit me being naive because let's be real. I I don't think I was thinking, you know. And no child, no child should ever think that way. I I never thought that. I was like, I was was normal to me I felt normal I just do my treatments go out and play come back home do my treatments go to bed go to school you know I think that (laughs) mindset is good to have I don't think that a kid should be thinking about those things because I I think staying optimistic and really focusing on day-to-day doing what you have to do I think that's more important than thinking about oh in 15 years what's my life going to (laughs) be Well, let's yeah. be real. People without CF, they don't know if their life's going to be in 15 yeah. years. No, so why does. think about it? Yeah. You know? Just go live in the moment. You know, I – yeah, I, these medications that are coming out today, all the modulators, all, yeah. the, all the really amazing stuff. Right. Yes. It, it, they're fantastic. They're changing everyone's yeah. life, whether you're an adult they or are. a child, as long as you can take the medications. Yeah. You know, and I think the best, the best part about them is, is that the kids who are taking them, the kids that can start them at a young age – we're going to ha- are going to have very many 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 normal years. Yeah. For, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, and and the risk of them and the risk of them progressing to the point where a lot of us have progressed has, mm-hmm. has significantly declined. Yeah. I mean I mean totally. I mean you, I right. mean I can't be understated enough. I mean o- you mm-hmm. know overstated enough. And and it's it's it really is a miracle for a lot of our kids. I I think there is an adult population out there and I believe me, I find myself a part of this group. That is, <clears throat> like you or Tiffany, frustrated. That yeah. it, it's frustrated in the, in the sense that <clears throat> we, 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 we've we put so much into it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you do your treatments every day for two hours. You take yeah. God knows how many pills every day. You right. know, if, if you could add up every single minute that you've put towards either thinking about the CF or 
preparing I, for I've yourself. I've come up with estimates before, and it's kind Ugh, of but, but I'm also yeah. talking about, like, days yeah. when you're, like, out doing stuff with your friends, and all of a sudden you get yourself into a coughing attack, and, like, that counts as quite, like, thinking about CF in the moment. Like, right. the amount of time that, like, adult populations have put towards that line of thought or just involving themselves in CF mm-hmm. is an enormous, enormous, enormous value. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. something, like, that's... If it, if anyone else put that amount, that much amount of time into something else, mm-hmm. some, you know, something productive, I mean, it would just be you would be the master of that skill yeah, or you would. or whatever <laughs> it is that totally. you've done. You know, I mean, you would you, you would be like the, the greatest golf golfer ever. You know, like right. it, yeah, you know, like those <laughs> are those, like those are things that 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 we have consumed ourselves with for you know me for 27 years Leah, you're mm-hmm. like 45 years old so you for 45 years you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know these are things that i'm joking but these are things that you know we've put so much time and effort into and you know the on, on the just by nature of this being a progressive illness we're seeing a disproportionate amount of benefit to it i think mm-hmm. i would agree with you and that gets frustrating i mean I genuinely have days where I just get frustrated because I just, you know, I just keep trying to maintain and stay where I'm at and hope that I'll get a little bit of a boost from something here or there, but you really don't know, you know, it's pretty much, it's honestly a miracle when you're an adult to just not digress, you know, Mm -hmm. as bad as that's, it's bad as that sounds, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I really think just maintaining and staying where you're at for years on end. I mean, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah. Oh, totally. As messed up as that sounds. Like the, the greatest feeling, we always talk about how PFTs are just a small part of it, but right. You know, we always talk, you know, when, we always talk about how when a PFT goes down, even though you feel all right, it's okay. It's not the worst thing in the world. But when you yeah. see a PFT number go up after you've been seeing it go down forever, it's like the greatest yeah. feeling in the world. It's you know, there's, it's oh, it is. And it's so yeah. rare that that happens it makes you want to cry honestly i did last night i had something like that happen and i was in tears because i I was in a number go up in a while you know it was kind of just staying the same for x amount of years and that was great but well it was really nice to see it go up after transplant and you see that number (laughs) double and you're like oh my casually you know (laughs) you're just like Oh, did that? Did I just do that? <laughs> yeah, it's it just makes you want to like tear up because you don't see that a lot of the time, especially in adulthood. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I, you know, I think you're absolutely right, Tiffany. I think it's just like a, a, an entirely different class of itself. <laughs> you know, you're all yeah. of a sudden you're dealing mm-hmm. with like with low, low double digits, and all of a sudden you're like, wow. Yeah, air. It's just like ah, oh. <laughs> what breathing feels like. <laughs> I forgot, I've forgotten. Uh, you know, I, I think we would be remiss, though, to, to not discuss the parents of little kids. I, you know, I think parents are, you know, they're obviously very passionate about improving the lives of their children, as all of our parents were when we were kids. And they have all would do whatever they want to do, whatever they can to improve the lives of, of their children. And, and now, that, you know, that they're given that opportunity. And I think, you know, while CF is very scary and there's a lot of issues with it and there's still very a lot of uncertainties, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're – you, we're, we're sort of in a time where I think <clears throat> it's, it's, I don't want to say it's off-putting for an adult patient to sort of see the way parents and kids are these days, but I've definitely felt that at times, right? I've definitely mm-hmm. felt it. Yeah. You know, I've, I, I don't want to ostracize anyone in the CF community, but I've definitely felt, <clears throat> I, 
it's a very strange feeling when I see the younger generation of, of, of patients prioritize themselves over the adult patients who have been living it for decades. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And, you know, <clears throat> I try to explain at least two parents that I talk to because it's a scary diagnosis to get in general, you mm. know, and of course they don't know what that diagnosis like was for our parents when no. we were younger because it was a very, very different diagnosis than it is today. Definitely. Um, but I feel like if you're going to be diagnosed with CF, now is the time I for really it. Hope yeah. No one yeah. is, but now is the time for to be diagnosed with it because there are so many incredible things out there and that and are coming. coming out. You know what I mean? That yeah. These little kids, they have an amazing future ahead of them. Well, and they can do the vest now. You see those baby vests? Oh, my God. They're so cute. They're so cute. They are really cute. They are super cute. They are super cute. They are super cute, right? (laughs) So it's like now they can do all that stuff that we weren't able to. Right. Because we didn't have the technology back then. Yeah, no, I, I always like, say it was do your pull on good luck. I mean, you know, that's yeah. like. <laughs> I mean, I exactly. remember when that came out and it was just like, yeah. I think before that it was albuterol occasionally and, oh, hey, here are my parents, you know, doing chest PT on me twice a yeah. day. Like, that was pretty much it. And take your hands on it. <laughs> and take yeah. your hands on it. Now they're looking at, like, you know, labels and stuff like that. Back Back in the day, it was like anything over. 250 calories per serving, eat it, you know? It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't even matter what's in it. Just matter. eat it. Just straight lard. Just do it. Just yeah. do it. <laughs> Seriously. Which is, like, good and bad. I mean, yeah. you know, but whatever. Yeah, God knows it's going to happen. God, God, God knows it's going to happen to all of us when we're, like, 45, 50. Like, are we going to have, like, <laughs> like, like, extreme risk for heart disease or something? God knows it. Are, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We're going to find out. <laughs> I don't think about those I things. I will be fine. <laughs> that's, we'll that's, that's right. another thing we're going to experience first like <laughs> mm-hmm. like a real old age with cf right <laughs> like, okay. like like issues that come along then exactly yeah. and especially with a lot of like the inhaled antibiotics they don't have a whole lot of research on it so prolonged use i don't think they know what's gonna happen with that <laughs> they have no see. idea they have no idea i mean right. that's, that's the other thing with these like the new medications like, no one's been on them for longer than five right. years, right? Like, yeah. what, what happens at year 10, you know? <laughs> what, what happens <laughs> to at year 15? Um, and I guess, I guess the, only, the only way to find out know? is to do it. So, yeah, exactly. like, you know, everyone has the responsibility to play roles and be a part of trials and data points and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, that's, we're definitely advocating for that. But I also think what we're really trying to say here is that the people who are funding the research and stuff like that they had to start thinking about the adult patients. And I think they had, you know, the, C- the CF Foundation to. has started to think about them. Yeah. But, you know, we have to really prioritize adult needs because adults are the ones, right. for the most part, who are the people who are end stage, the people who are thinking about transplant. And I think, you know, while transplant is an amazing option, and Tiffany, you are living, breathing proof of that, you know, yeah. it's something that we should, <laughs> you know, people shouldn't have to go through. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I don't it want, is a I great don't want option people to have to if do you it. need it. But, Mm-hmm. we don't want people to have to go that's, through that, you know? Well, that's like and the I last think, resort, you know? Right. And I, for a long time, I've kind of been saying, I know this sounds bad, but why are we focused so much on a cure? Why aren't we focusing more on getting rid of infection and inflammation and different things like that? Because a lot of times you progress solely because of those things, you know, like a cure is a great thing, but 
you're helping not just the CF community, you're helping so many other communities working on those things. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, when we talk about the cure of CF, Mm -hmm. like there's different, there's different methods of curing, right? There's like the antidote cure, which is like the one shot, like it's over, done, done with. That's probably, that's probably not going to happen in our lifetime. That's probably, no, I don't think so. That's probably like a, that's probably like a century away, but I, you know, Mm -hmm. the livable cure is what we're focusing on. Like something exactly. that'll make yeah. our lives to the point where we don't have to really deal with nebulizers and the vest and all that stuff on a daily basis, right? It's mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. you're what you are and <clears throat> you're healthy because of it and you don't have to do anything anymore. Like that's what we're kind of – I think that's what we're striving for these days, right? I like, think so too. I, like, believe mm-hmm. me, I would be perfectly fine with one day being like, okay, I'm taking some sort of medication every day. But because yeah. of that medication, I don't have to deal with every single other piece of treatment. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That and that yeah. I would be totally fine with living that way for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, with with, I mean... with a less than with a less than perfect lung function and and all that stuff. But as long as I can yeah. continue to have it like a high quality of life and I can work and I can have family and all that stuff, that's fine mm-hmm. with me. I'm even cool with I don't care if I have to do my treatments forever. I just want to have a higher lung function, be able to live my life, work, have a family, have children one day. That's where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds bad, but I've done these treatments long enough. I'm cool with having to continue to do them. You know, I would just prefer to not have to take all of these antibiotics and things like that that give me these awful side effects. Yeah. And, you know, you don't, it's not like it's going to get rid of an infection. It's just going to keep it chill. So, <laughs> keep it chill. <laughs> it, it keeps it chill. It doesn't get rid of it. So, yeah. you're doing no, all this to keep it calm. You calm. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. My ideal situation would just be able to not have to take all of them, you know? But, yeah. Prevent, it from, getting, prevent it from getting worse. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, right. It's a good point. All right. So, you know, let's, uh, let's wrap today's episode up. We're, we're sort of at the time. Uh, we want to say thank you to everyone who participated in the giveaway contest. Yeah. Over on the Assault and Sisters Instagram. That was, that was a good time. Um, we are going to be coming out with a summer item. That Ooh. is that is going to be happening soon. We are. Yes. Yeah. There is a summer item coming. It's well, on its way. It's on its way. On and you'll, get, its... You'll, you'll get more information about it in a later episode, but we wanted to let you know that it is coming. Yes. And Leah is super excited about it. I am so excited about it. So excited. All of you should be so excited about it. <laughs> share, Get ready for the Etsy store update. Share, share in Leah's excitement. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. So, I mean, that's uh, that's it. it. You know, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. the Sultan Sisters. I'm Gunnar Siasen. Go down the DM. Uh, yeah. Make sure you keep an eye out for Leah speaking at the Johns Hopkins CF Education yes. in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so exciting. Break a leg with so that. May 8th. Yeah. If you're in the area and you don't have CF, you're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> if you have CF, I'm sorry, but you have to watch it online. <laughs> um, Get to know me even more than you all already know. <laughs> yeah. Remember to remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. If you can't listen on iTunes, you don't have an iPhone. Go to SoundCloud. Uh, you can also hit us on YouTube and over on GunnarSizen.com. I'm Gunnar Siasen. That's Leah. That's Tiffany. Thanks for listening today. Bye. Bye.